hello, big dreamer, and welcome to High Hope Pistachio, an audio realm that is solely vibrating and jiving for you. This is a podcast for the dreamers. Become inspired, expand your knowledge, and unlock that passion within you. Or in other words, hang loose. We're all pistachios here. What's up, dreamers, you little inspiring pistachios? Welcome to another episode of High Hope Pistachio. I'm your goofy host, Bria, and can I share something with you? My mom is out of this world amazing. She's always making me laugh. She's full of unconditional love. And when I was in second grade, she sewed my costume for Halloween and dyed my hair half black and half white. Can you guess who I was? Well, I'll tell you who our guest is today. A tremendous mom herself, a radiant human being and health coach. Welcome, Crystal. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Second round. And like, I think both of us very different people. (laughs) Yes. It's crazy how much can change in like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very much so. Yes. Throwback to season one. I'm so excited to dive in and have a fun and enlightening conversation with you. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I like, I feel like the direction of this one is going to be so different than the last one. And it's just, just like perfectly like curated to like where we want to like go and share, if that makes sense. Perfect sense. Yes. But the character development is glowing in, in both of us since last time we've talked. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) As you may remember, we have a tradition here on High Hope Pistachio where we start out with a fun question to kind of loosen the nerves before we get started. So are you ready for your silly question? I am ready. Okay. If you are reincarnated as a house pet, what house pet do you think you would be? And what kind of personality do you think you would have? Oh my gosh. That's so hard to detach yourself from your actual house pet. <laughs> like all of them. So, okay. So if I was to be reincarnated as a house pet, I'm kind of back and forth between this very simplistic like dog and cat mentality. And so I think I have to go with the dog. And so the reason mm-hmm. I'm going with the house pet as a dog, I'm trying not to be too much exactly like my pet, <laughs> is because <laughs> I have all of these like protectors and all of these like parts of me that throughout my life have created me right all of us have this um Mm -hmm. so my dogs like whenever even just like the mailman comes like their reaction is just like oh my gosh it's on the alarm life's happening and (laughs) 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 And so I feel like for me as like looking back at like my entire life as a whole like that's kind of what my like experience has been initially like something happens and I'm just like okay sound the alarm what are we gonna do (laughs) and I'm kind of transitioning to that like bark mentality of being um like we mentioned a little bit before we chatted being able to breathe and then maybe bark and that's fine (laughs) yes I would encompass the house dog because I am still that really exuberant vibrant person that I reflect into that like that scenario but Mm -hmm. also like if you haven't had your dog like age or even maybe a young pup who's more chill like they can just lounge and be present and so I feel like they encompass both sides of like this journey that I'm on and where I am right now, which is this person who knows really well how to like jump into that trauma ring and be like, oh my gosh, we have problems. And also that person who's learned like, okay, 
we can just breathe and we can lay in the sun for seven hours. And when we <laughs> get up, we're not, <laughs> we're not any less of um, a person or a dog than we were seven hours ago, because like that rest is intentional and like perfect too. Yeah. Um, so that would be my house dog or my, yeah, my house dog experience. Oh, <laughs> that was so well said and orchestrated. I love that. You would be the best house dog. Oh yeah. You're so, yeah. And you're so like fun loving and just have like a fun energy that surrounds you. You'd be a great family pet. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely pursue that. (laughs) I'll put in a request. Yeah. Well, Crystal, I'm so happy you're here and you were such an awesome energy to be around. And it's crazy that the last time you were on the show, you were in the middle of your pregnancy and now you've been kicking it with motherhood for a while. Life is wild. And you and your family are so sweet and cute. I love seeing your posts on social media. Would you please bestow us with the honor of once again, telling us a little bit about you and your world of motherhood now? Yeah, definitely. You can hear a little bit of my motherhood world in the background. Um, So my babes, that's Jonathan is his name. And he is like the definition of a free spirit and kind of, kind of that beautiful, like, I don't know if you like about children in general, like they're just like these little energies that Mm -hmm. are exactly as they should be until like, you know, us as adults, like we have all of these things that have been placed upon our shoulders and these stresses and pressures. Right. Right. And so it's so cool to have like in your living, like right in your house, living with you, like this tiny little energy that is like completely untouched by all of that. Um, and I think that's been, I love that. Yeah. It's so cool to see. And I think that's been a big part of like what I am as a mother, um, in that sense. Cause I, in the beginning there's, there was like guilt attached to it, but hi, you can have a seat. (laughs) (laughs) Joining with us is Jonathan, his first appearance. In the world's tiniest chair. (laughs) Um, But I think just knowing that, like how much we get to impact and like love on these little creatures has changed me so much. I have like the patience piece of it. And then I'm so attached to him right now as well. And I don't know why. (laughs) breathe for a minute. Um, but the patience of it and before Jonathan, before motherhood, I was very attached to like the outcome attached to like every scenario, every detail, like a perfectionist, you could say as well. So I'm definitely a recovering perfectionist. Yeah. And so that was me before him. And then after you just start to get this awareness, that's a different state. So like that unchanged energy that I was sharing with you a minute ago, I get to be the lighthouse for him. Um, so I get to like, you know, even if if you, yeah, you know, and someone shared that with me, like, and it wasn't just about kids. It's just like, you are a lighthouse. So like everything that you exude or encompass, like you're shining that out to people around you, whether you're intentional in it or not, you know? So, so like when the alarm goes off trauma, the mailman's here, you know, I'm, I'm in that heightened state quickly. And it's like, everyone else is around, around you as, as well. Right. Yeah. So I think that's been like a really huge factor on like how I've kind of taken this responsibility as motherhood. And then on the other spectrum is giving yourself grace and letting yourself just, you know, talk while the baby's running around. Whereas a year ago, if a little one was doing this, oh my 
gosh, mom, take care of your kid. Whereas right now it's just like, he is kind of taken care of. He's doing exactly what he wants to do. Yeah. You know, so it's just kind of finding that um, aspect of it, but kind of like a bigger overview on Jonathan itself. It's funny that I've shared so much with you on that already is because something that's been really um, dear to my heart is really nourishing the part of me that isn't a mother. Um, When I first... Right. I think that was why I struggled personally with my first like six months of motherhood. And I think a lot of moms struggle on their own reasons as well, but that was mine um, mm-hmm. was because it was hard because I didn't really relate to these moms who were like obsessed and in love with their children. You don't like relate to this identity that culture and society lead you to believe like, you know, you hear, I can't wait to have children by, you know, sometimes younger women. And, mm-hmm. and then in your head, you're just like, oh, I'm actually waiting every day that I possibly can. <laughs> You know, and for me, it was kind of a fear initiative in like hidden behind fear, but I'd hide it with humor, um, which seems to be my MO. But um, so just kind of letting myself right now, I have to remember where my tangent was headed, but um, letting myself be okay with the two different like facets of me. And there's way more than the two. Um, and even now, I think that's why I'm flourishing. Babes is a year and a half. And I think I'm really flourishing now because I did the really hard stuff in the beginning. Um, so even it's so interesting. Cause like, I wanted to almost like detach or like let my non-motherhood self be nourished, but also the idea of being away from him for a whole day would make me so anxious. And then when I would leave, I would miss him. And then that would drive me wild. Cause I would think about like, went through all this work to pack up, you know, the entire household to take a baby to my mom's house or whatever. And now you're you're missing him. It's like, you could just go pick him up. And I'm like, yeah, I could go pick him up, but that wouldn't help me heal in the long run. And like that long-term vision was what I always had. Mm -hmm. Um, And then right before Jonathan was born, I was really hammering it hard into being present and enjoying like the moment where I am. So I think that present focus along with my perfectionism to just do the hard stuff now, it'll help in the future. I think those two things really balance me out into being able to figure it out. And it still feels weird to this day to be like, and I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to disclaim myself, but, um, you know, even just to say to this day, like, oh, I have momhood figured out, which if you're a mom, you know, that's not possible. But <laughs> if you're not mom, you know that you can't just figure out life. But like in the grand scheme of things, it feels way more figured out than in the beginning where I was just like, oh, <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> Right. That's so many spinning plates. Mm -hmm. And one of the big reasons why I wanted to have you on was to talk about that side of, like you said, nourishing the identity that you have before you became a parent, Mm -hmm. because that shouldn't encompass your whole identity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it helps. I think just as humans in general, we do really good with tasks I mean maybe what back in the day like maybe we were cooking over our stove in a cave I don't know like we're very good with like our task directions and having like a reason why we always need like a why or a purpose behind it so even if you know like obviously I wasn't like I mentioned I wasn't stoked and excited to transition into this momhood but once you get pregnant and you go through that kind of phase you do start to get excited even if you're still hiding your fear behind humor and joke about it um I still did get excited but then it kind of put the hammer down and was like, okay, well, even if you're excited, you don't want baby to be born. And you're still kind of this crumbled up person of yourself because you haven't put any self-development in, or you haven't put any of like the pieces in to start like truly loving yourself or really like nourishing where you are now. So I think that helped too. And I always like to kind of share that with um, others as well. It's like, if nothing else that you use your baby before you're a mom for, just use them to transition to like your better self, your better version. 
Wow, I would, that just blew my mind. I would really love to hear you like unpack that a little bit if you wanted to, just because that, mm-hmm. that was yeah. really fascinating for me to hear. So um, just the process of like how, even if you're not like pregnancy planning, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. <laughs> what is this? He's even giving you toys. Or even if you're not family planning yet, but in the forefront, two, five, 20 years from now, like you think that there might be like a family planning that would happen for you. Um, like kind of the steps and like the things you can put in place before that is kind of what you're thinking mm-hmm. or your question. Oh, yeah. I guess like when you said using like the baby as a reason to kind of feel like loving yourself, mm, I really yeah. loved that. And, and I um, wanted to like hear a little more on your perspective. Yeah, that. I agree so much. Um, cause once the baby comes out, like typically your maternally instinct is to connect. So, I mean, there will be those that have to go through that struggle of postpartum and having that separate identity with the baby. But oftentimes it's this, as females, we have like this hormone, this like switch that happens and you're very connected and attached. Um, mm-hmm. so no matter what you kind of want good for the baby. Right. And so before that happens, before that birth happens, like letting yourself see that what you're doing now isn't for yourself. And the reason I say that is because a lot of times self-love and self-worth are the last things that we prioritize. Um, I mean, I guess maybe I'm just generalizing like American society as well. I mean, that's why I think, I think that's why we see like the obesity um, and like the disease, even just like the mental, um, like I have anxiety, like that, like a lot of, I like to classify it as like a lot of airiness in your mind because you just have all the space for like your thoughts to race everywhere Um, I think that's why we kind of see those parts in us so much because we have been raised or we've been around this this culture of unless you're being purposeful unless you are clocking in at a nine-to-five and making so many dollars you're not really worth anything and you kind of start to feel that and like become that Um, So it's like, okay, so how can you use this whole family plan as an excuse? Because we all need excuses in the beginning to motivate us. I don't think that motivation just happens. You just need a pain point and an excuse that like pushes you there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think using that whole scheme as a way of, okay, what is, this is so weird to even say out loud, but like, and, but it's true. This is how I've set it into my head is like, what is it that I hate the most about myself? And like, if, you know, and that can feel really hard, but if you don't say it out loud, if you happen to be that person that says it internally, it's so much more powerful when you don't say it out loud. Um, it's kind of like Brene Brown. I was listening to her this morning, but she kind of talks about how like shame can't live when it's spoken out loud with like a compassion or um, along the lines of like supporting one another. So if I like share with you, you know, something that's like breaking or holding me down when I speak it out loud and share it with you as long as you're there as a safe place like a compassionate you come with empathy um it can't live there like it just dissolves right yeah you know so it's kind of the same thing is like if you use this excuse and like this way to kind of build yourself then you can start to speak on what what is it that you don't like about yourself and okay, okay, that means nothing to me because I can just stuff it down. But what if you had a baby and that baby felt the same way you did because of, because you're a lighthouse and whether you tried to hide it or not, the baby still picked up on your little subtleties or when, so like, for example, when Jonathan's running around getting wild, all I want to do is roll my eyes or sigh or do like those, for me, negative connotations of 
okay, so looking into it, he's just being a baby and moving his energy and being his light. But Mm -hmm. my conditioned self is he's just being noisy and he's just out of control. And I need to make sure that the universe of the world knows that I think he's almost close to a pot of like a plant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He gave me like a huge smile. (laughs) (laughs) Look what I'm about to touch mom. (laughs) You can break that. I don't mind. Um, But, um, you know, just make sure that the universe or the people around me who might be judging see that I too am annoyed so that they think that I just kind of that judgment piece. Like they think that I, above what I am and I don't even know what that means that kind of came out weird but just that I understand what you're saying yeah yeah Yeah. judging yourself before you let others judge you and it somehow protects you because it puts your armor up where it's like uh, if you just give yourself a second to breathe how do you really want your baby your best friend your husband how do you really want them to feel supported like if Jonathan knew what an eye roll was, would I really want to look him directly in the eye and roll my eyes at him? And that just to me symbolizes um, annoyance, nuisance, whatnot. Or would mm-hmm. he want me to look him in the eyes and just smile and just be like, you're doing it, you know? Um, <laughs> and at a year and a half, he has no idea and doesn't care. But those things will start to compound as yep. I keep saying them over and over. Wow. Holy buckets. I feel like we unpiled a whole bunch of stuff and I went all over no I I love the directions that you go in and you always circle them back to the point that we were talking about and I I also love the analogy of the lighthouse that's so powerful because it's a beacon and I like kind of too how like the light it projects very far and with what you're doing now with Jonathan all of the care that you're doing now is amazing and he'll develop, you know, into his own little human being, but that relationship won't stop. It's going to reach out to like his teenage years, his adulthood, like that light stretches out super far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. His own light and go to daycare and just tell all the other like little, that's kind of like my, I don't know why that's like this weird thing in my heart is like, tell all those other littles that have been yelled at all the time because they're too loud or they need to shut up or they need to sit down and just tell them like, just be big, man. Just be big. If Aww. if you have to go emotionally regulate and like hide in a closet so that your mom can handle it, do it. But like, <laughs> that was like, that's a really good story. It's not too super long, but Jonathan is in his high chair eating. And what is with this? But children will just scream. They're like trying to find boys. They just have all this energy. They just scream. And sometimes like it's really high pitched. And there was this probably six months ago now, one of the first like handful of times that he did it, just screaming hardcore. And I know I had said this before. So Adam just like kind of repeated what I said. Oh, I'm sorry. He was like a pancake. <laughs> so much fun. I'm literally just throwing in pancakes. Um, so Adam like pretty much repeated something I had done previous and looked at Jonathan and was like, Jonathan, mom's about to have a freak out. If you could just calm down for a minute and chill. And I, I like stopped dead in my tracks. And I like looked over at those two. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, Jonathan you do not need to calm down because mom is over here, like emotionally struggling. I was like, you're more than welcome to like be here with me. I was like, but you, you get to be vibrant. You get to be big. I'm like, I'm the one that's having like the release and the focus that needs to happen over here, not you. And then I looked at Adam and I was just like, thank you so much for repeating that. I know I've said it before. I was like, but from this and moving forward, like that is not my goal. My goal is not for Jonathan to be quieter so that I can handle it better. Like my goal is wow. like work on handling it better so he can live his life however he wants and it doesn't affect me. 
I mean, we're all trying to not raise serial killers, right? <laughs> but ultimately, we don't have that kind of power over children. Like, they're going to choose what they're going to choose. Right. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Wow, that was really powerful. Because like you were saying, you want them to be vibrant and to find their voice and to have fun. Because what else, what else can they do? All they're doing right now is exploring and learning. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they don't have a technology to go like, mindlessly scroll through which good um, right. <laughs> that's why I don't feel bad like throwing pancakes at this guy because I'm like this would be one of those times where I should bring up like YouTube or a Disney movie or something we don't do a ton of TV here simply just because Adam and I don't mm-hmm. so I'm like this would have been a good time but and then I I went to work once <laughs> once one time and they, had, <laughs> they were like oh and Jonathan was with me that day and they're like oh just do this and they took my phone and they brought up like YouTube with um what are those like the shark baby shark and all those things and oh like, yeah there and stared at it the whole time he was like seven six months old or something I was like oh my gosh that works and then I was so terrified that I could never do that again so I was like what if my baby's attached to television or something and now I didn't give it to him enough and now I give him like baby shark and he's just like I don't care I'm like <laughs> have it all, people. you can't have it all you can't have it all <laughs> Well, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. That's very true. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. We like barely even got started and I feel like I've already learned so much. I love it. And I, once again, I know that you're a very busy woman. So thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. One of the... Yeah. One of the reasons I was so looking forward to talking with you again is because of this topic of motherhood and just parenthood in general and still holding your identity which is so important and the conversation of parenthood in my opinion can really benefit from your perspective my my own mom and my sister my partner's mom my aunts lots of amazing moms uh them surrounded by are absolutely amazing and I love hearing from them and I'm really excited to hear from you so to start this conversation off, on the super cute Instagram post that you posted like a little while ago, the caption read within it, did you celebrate yourself today? And I loved, I loved the meaning behind it. And for everyone in general, I feel like even if you're not a parent that you should celebrate yourself, but I feel like mothers and fathers, parents in general really deserve to celebrate themselves. And I was wondering, how do you try to implement that for yourself? Yeah. Um, so I love this question. And I think <laughs> I just wanted to like start with, it's the little things. I mean, we all, uh, I think kind of my go-to. So one of the things that I do when I have new clients start too is, and I haven't been too focused on it lately, but especially when I got started coaching like three years ago now, but one of my first questions was after you complete, let's say it was your three weeks of self-care, what are you going to do to celebrate yourself? So funny. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't normally rage this close to me, but I've also, I don't normally do a podcast in our kitchen. Um, Okay. So one of the things I would ask is what are you going to do to celebrate yourself after you commit to these three weeks and you just, and you do it like, you know, whatever, what are you going to do? And we would talk about, Oh, I'm going to go get my nails done. I'm going to buy myself a new pair of leggings. I'm going to, what else was that? I'm going to take myself out to dinner. Um, these very kind of like traditional things. And it's so funny that right. I haven't 
talk to my girls about that in so long because over time it just kind of started to transition to like me and you before the conversation and we talked about um date night and what that looks like and so letting those kind of celebrations and those he's I'm always just kind of looking around but I am really here you guys (laughs) no worries and um two I will like when he gets really loud by me too I'll try to maybe just take a moment to breathe so that one one I'm not competing for volume space and then two even as like you guys are listening it's got to be a little distracting so just (laughs) knowing that his kind of audio and commentary if it ever gets a little out of the way we can always transition but also if he's triggering you or kind of like that was a good conversation to start with earlier for me because he's not right now but if he was triggering me it would just kind of put a mirror or like a spotlight on things that I need to work on so like maybe it would be I don't do well when I don't feel in control or there's chaos around me or there's sounds, whatnot, you know, um, so I just kind of want to put that little thing in there, but. Oh yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It helped me too. If not like maybe anybody who's listening, I'll try to wander around simply because he has never, um, what's it called? There's a screen and he's like smashing on it and he hasn't done that before. So he might be here for a while smashing on that when he finds (laughs) things to do. He also might just follow me, which is very typical. Okay. So I mentioned celebrating ourselves and how now it's kind of transitioned and it's similar to like a date night situation where, you know, we're no longer doing the going out to eat things where it's like the, oh, I'm going to let myself sit for 30 minutes and read a book. Whereas maybe typically I would only give myself five minutes because life's really busy and there's laundry or that sort of thing. So first off, starting with what you want to build in yourself to be your celebration. So for me, do I, you know, one of the things was a new pair of leggings in the beginning. Like, do I want to build my legging stock? Not really. <laughs> That's not really cool right now. Um, but kind of where this whole, like the main thing I want to share with you guys on this is celebrating yourself with the little things. So what I like to do is I bookend my days and I bookend them morning and night. So the first thing and the last thing with gratitudes. Uh, and so that when I say gratitude, it's like I've gone on these most random tangents of being grateful for the most ridiculous things, like the granola in my my cup. Um, <laughs> to, you know, one time I went on a tangent for like the ozone layer healing itself, like just being grateful, like huge and small, right? So yeah. how I do it is in the morning I journal and I do gratitude. I just journal gratitudes for two minutes, and that kind of starts my morning out with thinking about what you want to create more of. So if you buy a red car, you're going to see more red cars on the road. If you journal your gratitudes every morning, you're going to start to train yourself how to be more grateful because you're going to look for things to be grateful for so that you can have that content to journal on the next day, right? Right. And then something that we started that really works, especially if you guys have a partner, I always encourage this. Adam and I each share three things that we're grateful for for that day in bed before we go to sleep. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really like that one. So you don't have to have a pen and paper. You don't even have to have a spouse. You could just say it out loud to the universe. Um, Cause there is, and whatever your higher being is, whether it's literally like the earth energy or whether you have God, like wherever that is in your life, like even just speaking out loud and like sharing it to the universe. This is really good for me. I like my energy and my creativeness just flow when I move. So it's a little distracting for you guys. Yeah, no, you do you. It's great. I, I couldn't agree with you more about the powerfulness of practicing gratitude and just being thankful. 
Yeah. Um, and then kind of the last thing is how do you celebrate yourself? If I don't, if you don't take anything else away from this conversation is no matter what kind of a day you have, did you get out of bed this morning? Okay. And if you didn't get out of bed this morning, did you lay in bed because you needed more nourishment, you needed more support. Um, so whatever direction that you needed for yourself, celebrating it, you know, cause growing up with depression too, like I felt the days where I never did get out of bed and there's definitely no way I would have celebrated myself back then. Whereas today, you know, if I took an hour long nap, I'd celebrate myself because I've done so much work that after that hour nap, I'm not sorrowing in my depression because I'm so unworthy. I'm so unpurposeful. I haven't committed to given anything back today. You know, I don't have a purpose. And the reason that I don't is because I pour into myself every day. And just those simple things of like gratitude is a part of that process. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And I, I really like that you said um, that you were explaining that it doesn't have to be a huge thing to be able to celebrate yourself, that it really is the little daily things that are worth celebrating that you do. Well, that was, that was so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that all parents of different walks of life and backgrounds will be able to benefit from that. And even if you're not a parent, that celebrating yourself daily is extremely important and good to practice. So thank you. Uh, With that being said, would you like to take a little break? Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. I'm like, I'm excited to leave you kind of way. Okay. I think it would be a great time to take a a temperature of how this baby in my household is doing. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. And we are back. So I, I love seeing your posts. They literally always enlighten me. They make me laugh and smile and your reels are perfection. You have got the real game down to a T. It's beautiful <laughs> and hilarious. There, there was this one reel that you made when you said something like, uh, it was, you, you have such a humor about uh, explaining things. I love it. Um, you said, doesn't like kids but has a kid and is able to like stay home and be with them. So you worded it much better, but it was very funny to me. And it kind of led into this question of asking what have been the benefits and positive changes in your life since you've had your little one? Cause I know that you were saying it was kind of a, a different challenging transition to into parenthood. Yeah. Yep. It was one that I, I feel, um, the animation could be like me holding onto like the door frame as like someone's pulling it. <laughs> and I think it was e- easier for me to feel like that because I had a husband who is very pro children. And so I think that flip happened in my mindset when I knew like one, I kind of always thought like, okay, there'll probably be kids in my life. And then two, it was okay. So my husband really wants kids and it's really, it's, that's just so sassy of me, but it's really kind of funny to like tease them and be like, okay, well, you can have a kid when I have like five more dogs. So you better start bringing some dogs home, you know, or like <laughs> having those jokes with him. And it was really fun because like I mentioned, things that were hard for me to talk about, I would hide them with humor. So now, you know, if I were to say that, Adam would be like, oh yeah, Crystal, what are you hiding from? And then I'd sit down and depending on where my stability was that day, I'd either share it with him or I would have to cry a little bit before I knew how to do that. 
<laughs> um, but anyways, so always giving stories. He's feeding the dogs right now. Would you think I'm a dog lover that I would be so happy about that? But I'm also so attached to my food. <laughs> like, oh, my amazing food. Oh, he really loves feeding them. How I'm, sweet. Um, okay. So the benefit, so the actual question, instead of like the little sillies that I shared, um, the positive benefits, and this is going to be so specific to me. And so if up until now you really resonated with me, there probably is a lot to do with like both of us where we both probably have similar qualities that we excel in more and then similar qualities that we just choose to avoid or ignore because it's like, it's nothing that you would put on your resume and look good about. Right. Um, <laughs> which is what I, you know, I, I went to college because everybody else went to college um, and that sort of thing. So the main benefit that kind of came from Jonathan is that ability to like harness and encompass joy and creativity without really even having to try. Granted, wow. I still really need to focus on creativity now. Um, but the joy, I mean, if you are a traveler, like you felt that joy of like buying a plane ticket or, um, you know, like the, the successes of maybe you did graduate and you don't really know why you're so joyful about it, but it's a big accomplishment and your parents are usually proud. It's a great thing. Right. So you kind of have these joys that you like experience throughout life and you felt that and joy is like, I like to describe it as almost like a decision, whereas happiness can feel attached to, you know, happiness could be attached to getting the job that you want or like, I'll be happy when, when I'll be happy when, whereas joy oh, yeah. can create it it seems and I think I've heard that in a couple trainings too so I can kind of confidently feel that but then with Jonathan I have this joy and we talked a little bit about his energy and his light but I have this joy like surrounding me all the time and it's so interesting and so hard to describe um because like I mentioned I'm not very into kids and I definitely am now I'm still gonna hold on to my anti-children because I really want to make sure that all women feel supported and that's something that I get a lot of like joy sharing yeah um, absolutely but also I'm definitely a sucker if you bring a little baby around but if there's a whole bunch of them and I'm overwhelmed I'm right back to 25 year old crystal like get them away from me I can't handle it but um, <laughs> just having him like even just being face to face and like staring into each other like you feel a joy without having to do anything um wow I think that's like the biggest positive change is being more aware of joy, having this like little joy beacon running around. And then something that's been on my personal journey. So I think with or without Jonathan, I think Jonathan escalated it. Um, I think I would be like five years back if I didn't have him here, but escalated my focus on creativity and getting messy, kind of what that looks like. I mean, I still don't have like this uh, one of my goals is to like fill my house with like random pieces of paper and like crayons and stuff like your typical mom think baby baby you know what are they called daycare think daycare like your typical mom <laughs> of all this stuff right, um, right. I'm a minimalist so the idea of stuff and totes freaks me out but anyway <laughs> um, so I still have these like goals of where I just want to let myself be like the messiest creative ever and I mean up until you know, up, up until Jonathan so a year and a half ago creativity was never anything that I thought about every once in a while I would attach my writing to being creative and that felt really good in my soul like oh my gosh I'm a creator I'm a creative like you know because that just it, we all have that creative and that art piece in us it just kind of depends on how far we dug it down or like hidden it or not made time right. for it um, so I think that's been the biggest positive change for me because um, you don't I didn't give myself time 
to do those sorts of things because I couldn't, and it doesn't have to be money involved, but like almost that sense of, I couldn't monetize it in today's society. Like I couldn't have someone say, you know, oh, how have you been? And I couldn't say, honestly, oh good, I've been doing a lot of crafts. I'm feeling really whole and like fulfilled in my life. I couldn't say that. It wouldn't feel right to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas now I haven't said that yet, but now I kind of want to, which means I actually have to go through with it and do those kind of things because I want other people to kind of remember how important that is. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you said that. Uh, Both of those things were so powerful and I'm really happy that you have those in your life right now. Um, One thing that I kind of feel daunted by thinking about being a parent is not like this fear of not being able to tap into my creativity because that that piece is so important to me. So it was really awesome to hear that from you. It kind of gives me more like, I'm, I'm sure both of our situations will be different, but it gives me a little sigh of relief. Like, okay, like maybe the creativity will look different, but I'll still be able to tap into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. And like whatever your superpower is, even if you don't know how to name it, Um, so like me looking into your life, into your window, you know, like how much freaking fun will it be to have like a year? I'm just like, I I know babies up until a year and a half after that, I have no wisdom, um, (laughs) like how freaking fun at a year and a half to have your baby, like know what a mic and like, um, uh, audio setup be, you know, or to just like be silly and make sound in the microphone. Like right now, Jonathan knows like five animals and they all make the same sound. It's moo. Um, you know, like how fun would it be for him to know like, oh, I get to go into the mic and that's how I get to share like what's important to me. So I could just see him like grabbing it and being like cow, moo, duck, moo, you know, like, so it's just like looking in, like, I feel like that's going to be like a really sweet treasure. And even if you know, maybe podcasting or that sort of creative aspect for you transitions into something different, um, just kind of knowing that like that energy and that excitement is always, always there. It's just going to like, it look different. It's probably gonna look a little messier than what we like to put in as like, you know, when you draw that house, when you're a kid, like that's not what your house looks like. That was a very right. poor house drop dry. <laughs> Where was the, the roof support in that house? <laughs> right. Like it was, there, there needs to be a basement. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So just kind of the looking at it differently and it being better than what you thought. I mean, we're all so resistant to change. Um, mm-hmm. that, that ego piece of us that's like, oh, we have to stay the same because we're safe here. Um, and right. then reminding yourself that like, okay, actually the more like you push through that courage and those boundaries, like the more your discomfort area grows and you become more comfortable and more comfortable. And then you start to have all these different things in your wheelhouse so that when it kind of feels like a tornado is going around you, like you have all of these different aspects that are now your comfort whereas before my discomfort was or my uncomfort was having my niece for two hours and then if she would start to cry I didn't know if I could properly support her or whatnot so you just kind of always level up right oh my gosh beautifully said and thank you so much for what you you mentioned about like peeking into the my window that was that was so sweet and it really touched me and I'm gonna carry that with me for a long time thank you yeah, of course. <laughs> Crystal, you are a baddie. You do so much. You're a partner, a mom, a wellness coach. So you have a lot of different hats that you wear, lots of spinning plates. Could you please dive in a little bit and break down to us how you stay above busy waters on good days and not so good days? Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Uh, that's a good one. 
uh, one that is just like, I feel like the word practice and patience, and I'm not even going to talk about that, but let's just like put those up on like the big screen or something. <laughs> oh, so I would say the first thing of just like staying above the waters. And I, I almost like want to put a preference on like the bad days because it's so easy on the good days because you could literally just go into my social media and on the good days, you see me like sharing the things and I'm like, oh yeah, look at, look at, check, 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 check. And on the bad days, you see me for like a third of the amount of time. And I literally just go, I don't know how to share with you guys, but just know that I'm a storm right now. You know, I'm still working on sharing those bad days. Um, mm-hmm. but it's not good. easy. Yeah. You know, I mean, even like, um, if you've ever, I don't know, I have like taking a video of you crying or something, I, that's been on my list to do, um, because I just feel like it will open you up to like this different set of mirrors. So the question, staying above on busy waters and just kind of like a few main parts that I'm going to share with you. But I think first thing is leaning into it and really trying to assess where it's coming from, I think is really important. And when I say it, um, so say you have 30 things you're going to do today. You're probably not even going to get five of them, even if you're in a good headspace. Um, but if you're in a bad headspace, it's going to be even harder. And I, oh, I don't even like to use the word good or bad because a bad headspace like sounds dirty and it's like, we're going to have those. You're going to, so me, I like to, I can even just tie the words like depression or anxiety on it because talking about mental health is my jam. Um, but kind of leaning into it and being interested in on bad days and being interested in where it's coming from and kind of what's going on, because what happens if the seven things that you need to get done today don't happen? Like, is there intense consequences or do you need to ask for help, you know, what do you need to do? Um, Cause sometimes I would have hard days and I was just like, well, I just need to get this stuff done and it would fix it. But honestly, one, I could take him to a sitter and have a whole eight hours of just myself, but then I would still have this buzzing in my brain and this inability to like stay task focused and directed because there's something underlying it. It had to do, you know, it has to do with the right. fact, okay, I put, I have attached this identity that I get all of this done. So then if I don't get it done, I'm not this identity, which means I'm not a person, which goes all the way back to this unworthy thing. Go to spiraling, yeah. Yeah, that one's fun. Um, (laughs) So really leaning into it and just being open to speaking to it. You and I talked a little bit earlier about how, you know, just like speaking on the word shame or um, the things that trigger you and what they're doing for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always like to kind of really assess where it's coming from. And my husband is so great. I could and I guess we all don't have this kind of a support system, but you can find it by like listening to these podcasts. Anybody who likes, likes this content that you're putting out there, like they're going to be your people because they're resonating and they're feeling it right now. But kind mm-hmm. of where that came from is, you know, I could, I could take a nap in the middle of the day and really have to work hard on not getting down on myself about that. And then the first thing my husband would say is, oh, you took a nap. You must've been tired. Nice. Good thing. You got that in, you know, whereas like on the other foot, if I was at work and and he got to be home taking a nap, I would be so jealous, which would (laughs) cause all of these thoughts to come out, which is why me on the other end of it, I have those same experiences. I still got to work through my own shit. Um, so I think that it's kind of like really important to navigating it. And then you get better with practice and then things shift, especially if you're going to do it, um, the mom way, like, like, Like you're going to use a baby on like your vehicle of being really busy. Whereas if you, even if you're not a mom, um, you still have like those same things going through. It's just, you don't attach a child. That's like a, you could almost say like a clock, like it's always changing, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas it's nice if you do it, if you were to like take advantage of crafting or moving into what inspires you or like getting, getting outside the comfort zone. And then when I say that, I'm thinking like the nine to five, which there's no bad thing about like having a nine to five. But if 
you're holding on to the fact that like, you know, you're listening to this podcast, like easy for her, she's at home or you're seeing you, you know, easy for the adventure couple, they have each other, you know, like if you're attaching to like why it's easier for these people, then it's that same like jealousy piece that I would share about my husband if he was napping. Um, if oh, I had, yeah. um, you know, it's always going to be there. You're just going to manifest it somewhere else. Um, so kind of tapping into the disease and what, what's that rooting from? Um, so leaning into it has really helped me. Um, I love to journal. This has been, I've always been a journaler, but journaler, ha! this has been <laughs> something that's actually changed a little bit. Whereas if I get triggered, especially I will write all of the nasty, like all of the ugh, things that like, ugh, like what if someone were to read that? Like I write it all down and that usually takes me like two minutes because I'm crying or something. I write it all down. And then I give myself a couple minutes to breathe maybe a minute. And then I go back and I write what actually is. And what makes it really powerful is if for me, I find like the most growth is if it's about a specific person. Um, and so that could be your husband, that could be your mom, that could be anybody, like whatever it is that's triggering you. And then I like to write like what is. And so what I mean by that is who actually are they, if it's a person or a situation, but you know, cause sometimes you'll, you'll think like, you think you've been wronged and oh, that person's so selfish, that person's so rude. She's this, this, this. And then if you actually write what they are, like Oh, she's actually really compassionate. Um, she's also really scared to share her emotions. Oh, I've been there. You know, when you start journaling, like who they actually are outside of yeah. this perspective you put on, it's so freaking powerful. Um, and it just feels so good after to have like the tools and the ability to kind of see yourself full circle. You don't heal yourself in one setting or any of that, but you just start to become aware of like what you hold on to and attach to. Because um, typically if you're having a bad day, it's a trigger by something, but there's also maybe 10 things leading up to it. Um, so it kind of right. forces and reminds you back. Um, what also has really helped me is community. And as someone who is like, a, what, what would you call me? Um, just to make it easy, <laughs> a, a recovering introvert, um, perfectionist, <laughs> all the things, right? Um, so the idea that naming something releases its power has really helped me because I start to name what is the actual problem. And then my community starts to like hone in on that. Um, that's a big piece why I went into coaching, why I went to coaching in the first place, because I always had this feeling or this thought that I was always like the odd man out or that I was always alone and like this loneliness piece you could go down a dark like a long rabbit hole yeah. of why you know like loneliness I mean it's more loneliness is more damaging than smoking than you know like we are programmed to have community whatever that looks like uh, so I think becoming aware of that and wanting to almost like fine if I feel weird in all of my friend groups fine I'll just make my own and you know I just mm -hmm. had like I don't need you. You know, so it was like birthed in this trigger, but then also it was like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a lot of baggage. To that's carry. heavy. Yeah. 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 And so it's like, oh, okay. If I'm carrying this baggage, I bet somebody else is too. Um, so kind of oh. knowing that if you have a little at home managing it all, if you don't have a little at home, you're still managing it all. Um, there's people that are resonating with you and like that community is there. It's not going to be that cookie cutter like that you look like that looks like in the books if that makes sense um for me it felt like everybody always has a best friend except for me and my best friend probably gonna listen to this and she's gonna yell at me but <laughs> that's how it feels you know it doesn't have to be true it's just how it feels 
Um, so it's just like, everybody has a best friend, but me. And so when you start to have that mentality, everybody, but me, all, but me, all, but me, when this mentality kind of starts to like trudge in your waters, it starts to become real. You know, the red car, you're going to manifest a red car, see a red car. Um, so kind of keeping it alive, just speaking it, leaning into what the actual is versus working harder to get it done. Mm -hmm. That was such a fun experience when I first came home alone. Um, and when I say came home alone, I, Adam was off on maternity leave. So we were like parenting together. And oh, then nice. I decided to take my full-time job that I was at, like out of the house, take it part-time and bring it home with me. So then like, I was home with my job. I was home with my own coaching and then I was home with babes. And then also the house would be immaculate. And I remember breaked out, you know, Adam would come home and be like, oh, the house looks really beautiful, babe. And I remember having to like, freak out and be like, if the house looks beautiful, honey, it means that your wife is broken. I am broken. I am dying. Inside. Oh my gosh, I'm like, no. I'm like, no human being can possibly get all this done at one point. And I did. So what do you think? Happened? <laughs> <laughs> and just being able to like share that candidly, you know, and like that yeah. didn't make me a failure. Just it looking back, like for me, it just kind of made me a little bullheaded to not say something beforehand you know, and then like, we slowly became on the same page where he's like, yeah, I mean, I don't expect that from you. And I'm like, I know you don't, but I do. And I don't know where this is coming from and all of these things. Um, so just kind of like, again, speaking to it, I'm so good at letting breaks be my trigger points of like sharing all the things, um, trying to give yourself the courage and the strength to share it before to share the hard times, like bef before you cry and you can't keep them in. I mean, there's been a couple, like there was, I had one of my nieces accidentally like smacked me on the head with like a wooden hammer, but, or no, not on the head, on the chin or something with a wooden hammer. Oof. And I mean, it, I don't even think it hurt that bad. But at that point I was juggling Jonathan trying not to like tyrant their lives. And I was also trying to juggle that like adult conversation that me and my sister were having. And mm -hmm. I remember this hammer hit my um, chin and I just started sobbing and I was like holding on to a couple babies, right? And I'm like, I can't do it all day. I don't know what to do. And she's just like, what are you trying to do? I'm like, I, my baby is terrorizing your children. I'm like, I'm trying to have a conversation with you like a normal human being. I'm not normal. <laughs> and I'm like, he's ruining all of the crafts. And Jenny's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so my kids, if they start to get attacked by your kid, they'll learn to move. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm like, but they're yelling my name, you know, like aunt Crystal, aunt Crystal. I'm like, what do I do then? She's like, you can look at them and say, I'm sorry, honey, you can go do this or something else. Or if you'd like, you can reach out and like wave your flag and I can help you. I'm like, oh, okay. And we're all like in this little, like we're in the living room. Right. So it's not like we're in a therapy session, but <laughs> just the things that happen where it's like, okay, if I would have actually just shared like, Oh, and, and you don't even have to share what you actually feel. Cause you probably don't know. But like in that moment, in that time, I could have been like, Jen, my heart's starting to race. I'm starting to sweat. I feel my eyes, like my head is just everywhere. I'm just, I'm really lost. You know, she would have started to get these right. triggers or like get this feeling. We would have had these conversations. So yeah. just sharing even the physical body, because that's the first part that we know. Right. And sometimes when you're in the fog of your own symptoms, you can't, it's hard to identify like what's going on. Like your sister was so easily able to be like, oh, okay, like this is what we should do. Like, mm -hmm. let me help you dissect this. That's so powerful to be able to call it out loud, even if you can't just get pinpoint what's going on with you, just to say like how you're feeling and the symptoms of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing to just start 
practicing. I mean, you get so almost annoyed with yourself because you have no idea what, like, I don't know where it feels. What do you mean? You get so um, protective and mm-hmm. uh, whatever that feels like, you know, we, we start to put up our armor because we don't want to be seen. Um, and like, it took a few times with my husband because it would really feel like therapy. You know, I would say, we would say something and then it would be like, how do you feel about that? Or like, where do you feel it in your body? And he would, you know, the first four or five times he definitely rolled his eyes and that's okay. Like it's new. And I did too, I'm sure. Um, that's rolling the yeah. eyes not a lot in this one, but, um, <laughs> I guess it's something, but yeah, just letting yourself keep supporting others around you. If you want to keep, if you want to instill it more in yourself, kind of like that idea of a teacher knows better than a student, just because you keep teaching it over and over, you know, you're like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to practice it yourself and also help others practice it that's great yeah so I, I feel love. like kind of answered the question I got oh, a little absolutely there, there. But... no 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 you you answered it beautifully and you inspired <laughs> me I'm going to try to try to do that more often I feel like at one point I was good at that and I I've kind of lost track of of practicing that just because of how busy life can get and the day is kind of they feel like they get shorter. So you just fill them up with like, okay, I need to do this, 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 and this today. And that's my main focus. And you forget to celebrate yourself or if you're feeling off to be able to just like stop and be like, why do I feel off being able to pinpoint it? So thank you. I'm going to try to be more mindful of that. Okay, good. <laughs> and no, I'm sure I that- practice it every single day. So <laughs> I'm sure that that's going to be very helpful for other people too, who are listening, whether they are immersed in parenthood or not. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, I can't thank you enough for how transparent and kind you are to, to share all of this. And I truly believe your words and advice are going to positively affect others. So I can't thank you enough. Oh, thank you. That's I, yeah. I hope to just help one person like realize you're not alone. The racing thoughts are, they're okay. (laughs) Well, you definitely will. You already did. You touched me. Mm. (laughs) Well, it has come to my favorite bit of the show, the part where our inspirational guest shares a quote with us that's inspirational to them. So whenever you are ready, I'm super excited to hear your quote. Okay. So this is a long one. And I kind of wanted to share too that um, I feel like, I think last time I shared a roomy quote, so really like universal and how powerful and alignment you are as a human in general, right? Um, so then this one is one that's become pretty famous over the past few years. So a lot of us have probably heard of it. One that you can read and it, you can get lost in the words and just be like, okay, I heard it in there. But one that like, if you actually let yourself like sit in it and read it, I guess for yourself too. Um, really unloads a lot of baggage. Ooh, okay. So I'm excited. I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not, I'm gonna tell you who it is after because you might like figure it out while we go through it because it's longer. Okay. okay. All right. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. Those who face it married by dust, sweat, and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again, 
because there is no effort without error or shortcoming, but who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself for a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his, so that his place shall never be with cold and timid souls who, neither, who know neither victory nor defeat. So that is by Theodore Roosevelt, and it actually just recently became famous because of Brene Brown. She talks about very shame-driven um, and vulnerability, and she kind of lets the data and the scientific piece be a part of it, along with sharing like her heart and how that affects her. So when mm -hmm. Theodore Roosevelt, like he wrote this right for one of his speeches, but it kind of just encompasses in a whole that you're in your arena. Before we talk about how like how strong and how powerful you are just in your own life even if you're on like your weakest day like I mentioned maybe you didn't get out of bed so kind of talking about how like strong you are in general and how you're in this arena you're doing life right you're in the dirt the dust and Brene kind of takes it to this point of talking about if you're standing in the nosebleeds and you're kind of pointing down in that arena and like passing judgment or whatever that looks like it really doesn't matter. Like, unless you're in the arena getting dusty and dirty with me in the grunge and the hard stuff, like I mentioned, you holding that compassionate sharing space for me when I, I was sharing the shame or the struggle that I had. Oh, yeah. Um, so unless you're like in the dirt, able to like give that empathetic criticism or feedback, it doesn't matter. Wow. So the reason that this quote kind of came up to me to like share with you guys today is because last time we talked about how powerful you are, how you literally have everything you need inside of you. And then this oh, time I, feel I love like, that. <laughs> yeah, right. It just gives <laughs> you like goosebumps, although you don't have to like do anything. But whereas today, it kind of needed to be more of a reminder that you still have that power. And even if you feel like you're in this like crap storm life now where you felt it before, where you are is so powerful in your arena, like you're making your changes. And then if there's anything else, and it doesn't even need to be people, but if there's any other scenario situations or things that aren't supporting you, it doesn't matter. They, they're completely irrelevant, that criticism. Right, if anything, yeah. it almost be like that drive to like go on because that means there's somebody else in the arena that like needs your help too. Um, so it's a really long wordy quote. So I definitely <laughs> remember, like recommend you to go and like read it or even just some like kind of like YouTube Google it because they speak it so good. And there's always like, this man in the arena and you're like down there with him and you're just, your heart's racing. And it's just such a, <laughs> such a powerful experience. Yeah. But. I, I love that analogy. It, it brings so much more power and depth to the quote itself. And I yeah. feel like that's a good analogy to revert back to when, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed or maybe outside voices are influencing you and you're just able to revert back to that analogy and be like, they're not in my arena. They can't, they can't say anything. They don't know what's going on, actually. Yeah, yeah. And it's not out of malice. They just don't know. Yeah. I mean, we can easily speak to like a child being like your awakened state and like waking you up a little bit. But I mean, mm -hmm. there's a plenty of people that without going into motherhood, I mean, you included, who have woken up to all that just being a human and like fully compassionate, you know, it, it's very easy to be like, just be kind. But it's like, okay, you... I've never once, when someone told me that when I was little, thought like, just be kind. I never once connected it to myself. Like, oh, be nice to myself too, for when I like trip and stumble, Aww. you know? 
That's so and, true. And it's like, yeah. And once you start to wake up, you become aware of like you being a part of that. And then it just changes the whole society as a whole. Whereas I think that's why the motherhood piece is almost an easier way to represent it. Because if you weren't awake before you had a baby, they'll wake you up, you know, <laughs> just be a bigger picture, even right. if before you did it and you weren't interested in this kind of work. I'm so glad that you said that quote. I actually don't think I've heard that quote before. Okay. And I am going to, I'm going to use that analogy in my brain. If I'm, if I'm feeling, you know, those outside voices or, or something. Especially you as a creator. I mean, it's so easy um, to find your critics. All you have to do is like, go look at a post or like scroll through <laughs> something, you know, yeah. not everyone's going to resonate with everything that you say that that's just common knowledge yeah literally I I have an I actually have another podcast um that I talk more about just like author tips and stuff and how every person or every creator has their own style and just like every person has their own personality and there's not one thing in this world that every single person is going to agree on there isn't like one thing so it's crazy to put that pressure on yourself of like everyone's got to like my work because it won't be everyone's jam. And that's okay because everyone has their own taste and the world would be super boring if everyone had the same taste. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you'd be the only writer in the whole wide world (laughs) just liked your stuff. And it's like, how bored would you be? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Then you, yeah, you wouldn't know if you had like a, a true admiration, like fan base or not. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Well, Crystal, once again, thank you so much for just spreading your good vibes. I had such a good time talking with you and I learned so much. I know that these words are really going to stick with me and I know they're going to stick with others because they're just so powerful. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Always so honored. And I always love like pulling on my big girl pants and just being like, I'm being interviewed on a podcast today. (laughs) Yeah, please show it to you. That's always my favorite. Don't worry, I'll send you a link when it's live. Uh (laughs) Well, I'll be sure to send you a link when it's live and then you spread it. Uh Uh-huh, 100%, definitely. (laughs) And for all you dreamers, please keep celebrating yourselves and I'll see you pistachios next month. Thank you for sticking around. Your time is valuable, and I sincerely hope you receive some wonderful inspiration and tools from this episode, or at the very least, that made you smile. Our jiving theme song is written and composed by the remarkable Luke Daniels. Keep igniting the passion within you. The world needs positive and bright sparks.